word of God coming to us this day from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 2, verses 13 through 23. Now after the wise men had left, see what I mean, like right up front, after they left, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother by night, and went to Egypt, and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet, Out of Egypt I have called my son. When Herod saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, he was infuriated. And he sent and killed all the children in and around Bethlehem who were two years old or under, according to the time that he had learned from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what had been spoken through the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah, wailing and loud lamentation, Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be consoled because they are no more. When Herod died, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel. For those who are seeking the child's life are dead. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Achilles was ruling over Judea in place of his father Herod, He was afraid to go there. And after being warned in a dream, he went away to the district of Galilee. There he made his home in a town called Nazareth, so that what had been spoken through the prophets might be fulfilled. He will be called a Nazarene. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So Christmas is barely a week old. And in the Gospel of Matthew, barely 12 verses old. And already Matthew inserts this horrible story of King Herod's massacre of the babies of Bethlehem into the Gospel message. Y'all, we are not ready for the ugliness of this passage. It's Christmas. It's New Year's Day. We're still filled with hope and peace and love and joy We are not ready for the ugliness of this passage. We want to be dwelling at the side of the infant still, right beside the manger, rejoicing in the first Noel. But here, here in Matthew, we are confronted with the realities of the world in which we live and with the realities of the world into which Jesus, our Emmanuel, was born. For us, Christmas is about celebrating the birth of that cute, sweet little baby Jesus who came to bring peace and blessings to the world. The gentleness of infants and favorite hymns like O Little Town of Bethlehem help us to believe that things were peaceful and quiet in Joseph and Mary's life. But we must remember a few things. They had a newborn baby. And 
by judging of history of the story and how long it took the Magi to actually arrive, maybe even a toddler by that point. And let me tell you, no matter how wonderful little babies are and how cute toddlers are, they are definitely not quiet and they are not peaceful all the time. And as much as our hymns would like us to think for Mary and Joseph, when Jesus was being born, things were not as peaceful as we like to imagine in the world around them. A plot was hatching in the mind of Herod. The wise men had gone to him asking, where is the king of the Jews born? And he, pretending to be magnanimous and so helpful, said, oh, go this way. He consulted his scholars. But then he said, come back and tell me what you find. He sent the wise men to Bethlehem to greet this new king and to return to him with a message about where he could find him where this royal heir could be found. And when they did not return, things became a lot, a lot less peaceful. Scripture tells us that Herod did not know exactly where the child was located or when exactly the child was born, only that he was born in Bethlehem. So just to make sure that he did not miss his mark, he ordered that all babies under the age of two be killed. You see, like many who have worldly power, Herod was hungry to stay in power. And no matter how young Herod and the Herods of the world can recognize a rival, can recognize a threat, to the status quo. Josephus, an ancient Jewish Jewish historian, recounts Herod's legendary paranoia and jealousy. He writes about it, about how unhinged Herod could be. And while no historian actually recounts this particular massacre, massacre, this bloody incident, Josephus does help us to know that Herod was an awful man who caused widespread bloodshed and even had his own two children, or two of his own children, murdered and his wife assassinated. So while this incident is not recounted in any other historical reference, it's not beyond the imagination that Herod could do something like this. It seems that this kind of Christmas chaos could have happened is not beyond the realities of the world and what could have taken place on the streets of that sweet little town of Bethlehem. I am sure not many of us like this part of the Christmas story. Hearing that they're after him, Joseph packs up Mary and baby Jesus and everything that they could carry, throw it onto the back of another donkey, and off they go, fleeing into exile so that they can avoid a tyrannical king, Herod. We don't like the idea of our Savior being carted out of harm's way from that manger scene, from the life that they were building. 
We don't like the image of frightened parents fleeing through the desert so that they could ensure the life of their child. We don't like thinking about the weeping and wailing of the other parents of Bethlehem as they grieve for the loss of their children who are under two years old. It's Christmas. We want to sit at the side of the manger and sing, Joy to the world, the Lord has come. I'll stop there because I can't really sing. But in telling this Christmas story, this part of the Christmas story, Matthew reminds us that not all were ready to receive this cute, sweet little baby Jesus. Not all were ready to receive a new king. Not all were ready to make room for him in the world. So why does Matthew tell this story? None of the other Gospels tell this story. None of them include an account of the despair of that day when all of those children were killed. Matthew could have left this part out. He could have introduced us to the wise men, let them come bearing their gifts, and then let them go home by another way and allow them to fade out of the story just like the shepherds. But Matthew doesn't. Matthew helps us to see what we already know. He helps us to name that when God breaks into the world, there will be a worldly response. When God breaks into the world, there will be a response. And it will not always be pretty. It will not always be peaceful. It will not be what we expect. Matthew helps us to see that no good deed goes unpunished. Those in power recognize true power. And they react so that they can keep things the way they are. We want to gather together and worship the Holy One who came into the world to bring peace. But the Herods of the world remind us that the world wants to assert its own power, its own way. Political leaders vie for our allegiance and votes by shrouding themselves in Christmas trees and glad tidings. World figures are assassinated. Wars rage. And y'all, I was just in New York City. Trust me when I say corporations manipulate the message of Christmas to help boost their profit margins. I once heard another preacher say it this way. Whenever Jesus is born in Bethlehem, Herod wakes up in Jerusalem. Whenever Jesus, the light and love of God, is born in Bethlehem, that backwater, nothing town, Herod, the powers of the world, wake up in the centers of power. And they take notice. God enters into the world and the world takes notice. 
There have been other times when God has entered into the world. We know from Scripture that the world definitely noticed. In his telling of this story, the author of Matthew seems to be going out of the way to draw allusions to another time when God entered the world, though not quite in the same way. Do you hear any similarities that this story holds with other Old Testament stories? Any other babies that we know of that are born in Scripture that are then whisked away? Moses, right? Moses was that cute, sweet little baby Jesus. And then the Pharaoh killed all the other little ones to get rid of him. But Moses, too, was whisked away by Miriam, out of harm's way, right into the seat of power. Moses wasn't even God's own child, but his blessedness riled up those in power. Matthew tells us this story to help us hear that God is once again working to bring about our salvation. God is working through the poorest of the poor. Homeless refugees to bring forth a savior for the whole world. We can't control how the world will react to the news. We can't predict how those with power will respond. But like Joseph and Mary and like Miriam before them, we are called to help bring forth God's salvation. We must listen for the voice of angels telling us to get up and go. And we must listen. We must become agents of peace. For when the Herods of this world go on a rampage in order to retaliate against the good news of God's love at work around us, we first grieve with God. And then we must get up. We must get up and stand with those who are hurting. And then recognizing the power of God's goodness, we have to do the unimaginable. We must stand and sing. For we know that a joy has come into the world that no darkness can overcome. We know that God has been born as a babe in a manger in the heart of Bethlehem. That babe might have been whisked away, but we know who that babe grows to be and how that babe embodies the love of God and all that he does each and every day. We know the ways that he fed the poor, the ways that he healed the sick, the ways that he showed forth the love of God in the power of God's love so that others might be redeemed and forgiven. So in the heart of this Christmas season, let us live with hope, confident that God comes to us, confident that God is stronger than Herod, confident that that cute, sweet little baby Jesus who lived and breathed to fulfill God's promises came for each and every one of us and for all the peoples of the world. Let us stand and sing with our hearts aflame. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. Let earth 
receive her king. May we do that. May we prepare room in our hearts so that the love of God may shine forth even when the fear of this world and the powers that grip us try to tell us otherwise. Friends, joy, joy to the world for the Lord has come. Amen.